Good evening. You know, as I was thinking over um, what I would like to speak on tonight, I came across some scripture that really spoke to me and that really stood out. And I want to speak tonight on excuses. Excuses. You know, um, excuses and the impact they have on our life. You know, I was a I worked for Chrysler for 36 years, and 30 of those years, I was a boss. That means I had a lot of people work for me. And I heard every excuse in the book, Pastor, why they couldn't be at work, why they were absent. And I want to share just a couple of those with you tonight before we get into the Word, um, you know, for missing work. They were allowed to miss three days a week, I mean, three days a year, unexcused. But after that, they had to bring an excuse in. And I had a young man, his name was Tom, and uh, Tom missed three days in a row. And he didn't have a real good work record, but he missed three days in a row. And he came in, and he gave me an excuse from a funeral home saying that he was with, uh, he buried his grandmother. And they got three paid days for, uh, for funerals, somebody close to him. And I thought, well, wow, Tom, I'm sorry. And, you know, and I started thinking, I thought I heard this before. So I turned it into labor relations, and I told him, would you guys check this out and just make sure it's good? And about two hours later, labor relations called me and said, uh, this is the third time in three years we buried Tom's grandmother. And uh, so I called Tom in, and in my office, and I said, Tom, uh, I can't accept this. And he said, why? I said, well, Tom, we buried your grandmother. This is the third time. And this is what he said to me. Oh, I gave you the wrong excuse. Isn't that something? Well, we gave Tom a week off to think about that and without pay. And, uh, and then I had another young man, and he was a young guy. He was about 22, 23, married, had a, had a little baby, but his work record was not the best. He would miss time here and there, and he missed a couple days in a row. And he came in, and he handed me an excuse, and I went in my office, and I sat down, and I read it, and it was from his wife. And it said, please excuse my husband. He was homesick. I thought, oh, boy, this is a good one. So I called him in, and I said, you know, I said, let me explain something to you. This is not high school, and we don't accept a letter from your mommy. And uh, he looked at me. He said, but I was homesick. I said, then you should have went to a doctor. So I, I was easy on him. I just gave him a written warning. But uh, excuses, they can come up with a million of them. And this is probably the best one I've had. I had, a, I had another guy. Uh, he missed a day at work, and he came in the next day. And he gave me an excuse that he got hit by a train. His car did. Now, if you know where Chrysler Trenton Engine is, we have train tracks at both sides of the plant. And he got hit by a train, and we accepted that excuse. I mean, he did. There was no doubt about it. Well, about six months later, he was missed another day. And he came in with an excuse saying, I got hit by a train. And he did. The same train track the same time, almost the same train. Isn't it amazing? I mean, it, it was a good excuse, but you would think he would have learned something from the first time. So anyway, that's just a few of them I wanted to share with you. I want to share one more with you that's kind of personal. And uh, uh, it, in fact, it's more than kind of personal. It's really personal. My dad wasn't a Christian growing up, and, and he was a great guy, a wonderful father. But I got saved when I was just before I turned 17, during the summer. And my dad and I always fished together, and we hunted together. And that fall, I was out hunting with him. And I thought, boy, this is the time. We're sitting in a blind. And I said, Dad, 
why haven't you ever given your heart to the Lord? And this is what he said. You know, he said, son, I'm proud of you for doing that. I'm glad that your mother's a Christian. I'm glad that your two sisters are. But that's just not for me. And that was it. That was the end of it. To make a long story short, uh, about, about 11 years later, in fact, it was 11 years later, I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord. But excuses, excuses. It, it's astonishing what excuses people give for not coming to Christ. I mean, we have heard them, you know, since I left the plant, I've been here at the church for 20 years or so. I've been in the Christian uh, work for about the last 45 or 50 years. And so many times I hear excuses. You know, I just can't bring myself to doing it. And let me give you just some examples. Uh, some of the people are just too busy to bother. Too busy to bother. And this is one I hear a lot, we don't have time. Or I'd like to put it off till I'm older. You know, that's scary because usually that never happens. Another one, some people think they're just too clever. They're just too clever to come to Christ. I can do it myself. I don't need God. I can get to heaven on my own. I know the Bible. This is the ones that are clever. I know the Bible. I know what it says, and I'm all right. Well, if they really knew the Bible, they wouldn't be all right. But they think they can get away with it. Another one, some people are just too religious to repent. They're too religious to repent. They'll say things like, I'm a good person. I know what the Word says, and I'm a good person. I'm not a sinner. I don't steal anything. I've never murdered anybody. I'm kind to everybody, so I think I'll be all right. Excuses. Some people, they think they're too worldly to come to God. Too worldly to come to God. Have you ever heard this? Well, God doesn't want me. God doesn't want me. I'm just too, we can call it worldly. I'm too bad of a sinner. I got habits that I just can't give up. That's a good excuse. I got too many things going, too many irons in the fire right now. I got too many toys. I can't, you know, I don't have time for God. And then another one they use is, you know, I go places where I just can't take God, and I know he wouldn't be comfortable. These are excuses that don't hold water. And then one that all of us have heard. Some people say that, you know, there's too many Christians that are hypocrites. And I just don't want to be part of that. Well, you know, God had something to say. The Lord had something to say about that. One time he told a story. And he told a story about three kinds of men that emerged with empty reasons for not responding to the invitation. And let me read that. To you. It's in Luke 14, 16 through 24. And Jesus is talking to, to, to some men sitting around the table. And it said, Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, everything is ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, I just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. The second one said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. The third one said, and this is, this is a good one, I just got married, so I can't come. I'm too busy. 
Let's take a look at those. Let's take a look at those. The first one, the businessman. The businessman's an excuse. You know, my wealth. I just bought a field. And what are you saying here, Lord? I just bought a field, and I don't have time for you. I'm too busy. I don't need you. I got everything I need. I'm just doing fine. I don't have any time for you. Well, you know, there's another story that Jesus told back in Luke 12 about a young, about a young man who had a field, a young rich man, it says, who had a field. And that field had so many crops. It was an abundance of crops that year. And he didn't know what to do with it all. So he said, man, I don't have room to store them all. What should I do? He said, I know what I'll do. He's talking to himself. I know what I'll do. I'll tear those barns down, and I'll, big, I'll build bigger barns. I'll build barns that will hold it all. And he did that. And he filled all the barns, and then he looked at it, and he said, wow, that's good. I got so much that I can take it easy for a while. I don't have to work for a few years. I got so much stocked up that I can eat, drink, and be merry. I can eat, drink, and be merry. Have we heard that before? But God said to him, and this is God, not Rick. God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be in demand from you. And then what will happen to all your crops? What will happen to all your barns? You know, we can make excuses. We can put God out of the picture. But in the end, there's only one person. There's only one person that we report to. Let's go on. Uh, the second one that said, I just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. The working man. And i got to watch myself here because I, I know I've been in that position. I've been in that position where I work so much. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard. But you know what? You can't use that as an excuse. He said, you know, Lord, I'm too busy to be bothered with you right now. That's what he's telling God. He's telling God in so many words, I'm too busy to be bothered with you right now. Maybe later, Lord. Maybe when I'm older. Maybe when I have time. And usually that never happens. I'll never forget. I was a young elder. I was about 33 years old over at another church. And we had a, we had a guy that owned a business, a very successful business. Hadn't been out to church in a long while. Got saved when he was a young boy. But every once in a while, he'd float in, he'd float out. But he was up at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, and his heart was bad. And this is back in the 70s. They didn't have all the modern stuff they have today. And Chuck and I, another elder, went up to visit him and to pray with him. And we got talking to him, and he says this. He says, I know I'm in bad shape, and I don't know if I'll make it. But this, and this has stuck with me ever since he said this. I hope I make it by the skin of my teeth. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, that's not much hope. There's not a whole lot of skin in your teeth. He had his chance. He had his chance. His family, his family came to church, but he was too busy to attend. The working man excuse. And then the, the third one here, the family man's excuse. Man, I just married my wife. I just married her. You hear he's talking about wife. He's talking about his family. And, you know, what he's saying is, you know, I'm too involved with my family. 
And how many times have we heard that? I'm too involved right now with my family. There's too many family activities. There's too many needs. I had a man, not, well, maybe 10 years ago, stand in my, sit in my office, and he looked at me in the eye, and he said, my family just wouldn't understand. My family just wouldn't understand. I've never seen him come back. Another one with the family, it takes too much of my time. I have to spend too much time with my family. Well, you know, I understand that. I had a family. I got a family, you know. I raised, Norma raised three girls, and I helped her. And, uh, and you know, and I worked a lot. I worked a lot of hours. But you know what? We were in church. We were in church. Back then, we had Sunday night service. I was, if I had to work Sunday morning, I was there Sunday night. I was there Wednesday night. I was on the board. I was at the board meetings. I led the men's group. Norma led the women's group. Our kids were involved in church. And somebody asked my daughter once. I think it was my middle daughter. Somebody asked her, why are you guys always in church? And you know what she said? Because the doors are open. That's why. That's why. You know, don't use your family as an excuse. So let's go on. Let's read a little bit more. It says, in verse 21, it says, The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant to go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. That's always intrigued me. That's always intrigued me, Pastor. And as I thought about that and as I studied it, it says the owner got angry. The owner got mad. And he said to his servant, to his servant, go out and bring them in. Bring in the poor. Bring in the crippled. Bring in the blind. Bring in the lame. Why? Because those are the ones that have great needs. Those are the ones that have great needs. Those are the ones that need somebody to help them out. Get them in here. I don't care if you have to carry them. That's what he's more or less telling them. Get them in here, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. People, you know, that's our job as being servants. You know, we are the servants of a master. And he's telling us, bring them in. Bring them in. Bring in the needy. Bring in the, the poor. Bring in the lame. Because they need us. They need him. And Let's go on. Sir, the servant said, you, uh, what you have ordered, I have done. I love this. But there's still room. There's still room. People, there's still room in heaven. There's still room, and it's still our job. And then the master told his servant, go out in the roads, in the county lanes, and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Go out and compel them to come in. Compel them to come in. That's an interesting word, compel them. Persuade them. Urge them. I don't care if you have to beg them until they understand. You know, sometimes we have to go back and back and back again. Until they understand their need. 
I got a friend that I've done everything but beg. And I know you have too. But the Lord said, compel them. What that means to me, Pastor, is don't give up. Don't give up until my house is full. What Jesus is saying here, and look at the last part. Then the master told his servant to go out into those roads. I tell you, not one of those who I've invited will get a taste of my banquet. Boy, I don't think you can put it any, any straighter. Jesus is saying, my people don't want anything. My people don't want to give it. But the world does. And he said, go out into the world and bring those in. Don't be afraid. Invite. Compel. If you have to beg, beg. If you have to go out a couple of times, if you have to persuade, persuade. But bring them in. Bring them in. They rejected his invitation. That's what he's saying here. They've rejected my invitation. And he's saying very well, they will be rejected also. Dangerous. Dangerous. The businessman, the working, the young, anybody who has rejected the invitation, according to this, according to the word, they will be rejected at the banquet that Jesus has got set before us. I want to read something that I think will illustrate this even more. When, Cle when Queen Elizabeth II was to be crowned, she sent an invitation to those of her subjects chosen to be present for the occasion. They, the invitations were sent to her peers, to members of the government, and to those who represented the common people. But every invitation bore the same issue on the invitation. But let me get back to let me. But every invitation bore the same closing statement: no excuses accepted. No excuses accepted. For the royalty issued an invitation, and it was just not an invitation; it was an order. It was a command. Well, you know. Jesus has given us an invitation in the word. The gospel has invited us, and it's just not an invitation. It's a command. It's a command. And making an excuse is nothing short of rebellion. Remember that. Making an excuse is nothing short of rebellion. I thank God for the opportunities that he's given us as a church to go out to go out to the common people and invite them to go out and to share. And you say, what do I, how do I share? What do I tell them? That's why pastor says, share your story. Share your story. Sometimes they've heard all the Bible they want to hear, but they want to hear your story. They want to hear that it's real. They want to hear that it's real. So it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. The word says it's a command to go out and invite, to go out and invite. And if it takes, if it takes urging, if it takes begging, if it takes two, three, four, ten times, then let it take ten times until they realize what they need. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord,
Tonight we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word to Heavenly Father, that is an invitation for us to come before you to ask forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, to make you Lord of our lives. Jesus, so often, even we as Christians, even we as followers, make excuses why we can't do this and why we can't do that. So Lord, tonight, help us to examine our lives also as believers that we don't make excuses on what we can do and what we can't do. Jesus, we just ask tonight as we go out, as your servants, you have sent us to a field. As we go out, may we comply. May we just ask people to come to hear our story and to accept him as their Savior, as their Lord. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor Rick, for that message and for that word tonight. You know, one of the greatest leadership lessons I think that I ever learned was as a young man, when I saw someone fail, and rather than admit their failure, they just began making all kinds of excuses as they tried to weasel out of what had happened. But as I watched that, and the book of Proverbs says that if, you, if we'll just keep our eyes open, if we'll just listen, wisdom cries out to us in the street. And I watched as that young man lost out with the people that he was working for and serving. And I remember thinking to myself, if he just would have apologized, they would have given him grace. And years later, I had the opportunity when I was in the ministry to ask about those, people, those very same people about that. They remembered that occasion. They remembered that I was there. And a verse of Scripture that I've leaned into over the years is Psalms 59:17. To you, O my strength, I will sing my praises, for God is my defense, God of mercy. God is my defense, God of mercy. God understands when we fail. God understands when we, make excuse, when we want to make excuses. But if we will let him defend us, God will always fight the battles for us. And Pastor Rick, thank you so much for you addressed commerce and business. You addressed the laborer and you addressed families. We're all very, very busy. But you know, in our lives, if we will make time to put the work of God as a whole part of our lives, then we'll find out whether it's commerce or business, whether it's our family or whether it's our jobs, we will find out that God wants to work with us in the places we're at, with family, on the job, or in business, and give us an opportunity to share our faith story. Well, we love you so much. Thanks for being here. Now, don't forget, this weekend, we're going to be doing a message together with my wife, Rebecca, and also with Pastor Corey. And we're going to share with you a message on how to discover happiness, how to be happy. And you, will, don't, you want your children to tune in to Timber Ridge. Pastor Corey every day has a Zoom youth meeting with our kids. And then also there's a girls club meeting that will be taking place online as well. But join us here on campus. If you're able, come prepared to take communion. And if you haven't yet, uh, go ahead and register for either the 10 o'clock or the 1130 service. And please remember again to bring your tithes, bring your offerings. You can give online at woodland.church. Just click the word give, or you can give through your mobile device, or you can mail it, or either way that you would like to. But thank you for being faithful. Remember what the book of Proverbs in chapter 11 and verse 24 said. It's possible for you and I to give and become even more wealthy 
But if we are stingy, then we'll find ourselves becoming poorer and poorer. Poverty not only financially, but poverty spiritually as well. So join with me in the blessedness of giving. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week.